movies. You ever talk about a movie with someone that happens to have read the book? They're always so condescending. Ah, uh, the book was much better. <laughs> oh, really? What I enjoyed about the movie? No reading. <laughs> yeah. It only took two hours, and then I could take a nap. Wood. Hollywood. Hollywood. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hollywood Haymaker Podcast. My name is Dustin Dubuque. I'm John Hanson. And we are back for another rousing discussion of two movies this week that I'm excited yeah, to chat about. I'm excited for today's episode. So am I. I think... I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be fun. But before we get there, I got the movie news ready to go. Okay. Um, first thing I have to ask you. I was gonna do it before I came here. I was gonna text you, but I didn't. I, I just assumed. Did Did you watch the Captain Marvel trailer last night that dropped? I heard they put a new one out during uh, Monday Night Football. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm already hyped on the movie. So. So exactly, and and again, I think that's the conversation that. So I was. I was watching some stuff yesterday, and because uh, they're supposed to be releasing Infinity War for trailer tomorrow, which okay. is Wednesday, and so when this episode drops, and I just think it's funny that uh, um, uh, people are like going crazy on Twitter and attacking like Marvel Captain Marvel uh, accounts, like IMDb pages and stuff, complaining that that trailer was released before Infinity War. That's what people do now. <laughs> don't watch it until you see the other one if you don't want to see it. I know. It's crazy, but like the fact that that's a thing is, yeah. is nuts. But I, there's a whole bunch of stuff that had to shut down some servers and stuff because people are wondering why. I don't know. I don't know well, why. Well, which movie releases first? Captain Marvel. Which well, then they're going to advertise it first. Right. That would be my thing. I mean, well, I don't really see what the big deal is. Just watch. wait for the other one if you want to wait, I guess. Well, I, I would actually like to see an Infinity War trailer because I'd like to kind of see uh, what they're going to do for that movie. I and what they're going to give you in a trailer. Yeah. Right? Right. That's I, been my I, thought. I feel like I don't know anything about what's coming next for that one, so I'd like to get just kind of a general idea what you know what the story's going to be. Yeah, that was the conversation I was listening to some people have <laughs> Excuse me, last week um, about that movie was, I wonder what, what it's going to show you. Because, I mean, mm -hmm. you would think Ant-Man's a big part of it. Uh, yeah, I would think he's going to probably be in there. I would think he's... Um, Captain Marvel's got to be a big part of it. Yeah. Which is why exactly the Captain Marvel trailer should come out first. Right. I mean, there's no secret. That was how they teased the end of the movie. Yeah. So you should expect Captain... I mean, wouldn't it be weird if you see the Infinity War trailer and you see Captain Marvel all over it, and her trailer isn't released, but yet she is the movie that comes out before it? Yeah. That makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested. You know, I usually, again, me and you have talked about this, that I don't need the Captain Marvel trailer because I'm excited. Yeah, I'm already sold. But I am interested in the Infinity War trailer because I want to know how they're going to sell right. a movie like that. Right. I think that's I think that's that's uh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the couple things I do have um, with uh, Creed 2 being out, everything's all over Stallone this week. The last couple of weeks, uh, Rambo Five, uh, Last Blood. Who would have thought? <laughs> uh, just got done filming, and uh, yeah, it's set in Mexico amongst the cartel. And this is uh, this is when Stolen came out and said that he's done with Rocky and done with Rambo. Now that's it. Right? Do you believe it? <laughs> Do you think that it's actually true? I think that he means it when he says it, but uh, until he's 
buried six feet underground, there's a chance we'll get yet another Rocky or another Rambo. Well, especially, you know, Rambo is one thing. Rambo is, uh, Rambo is running, jumping, punching, and fighting. Rocky, he's the old war vet boxer now. Mm-hmm. There's a difference to me there. Like, I mean, no offense, Rambo, I can't believe any, that he's even making another one. He's now, what, 12 years later from this franchise, now he's 12 years older, and we're supposed to still take him as this guy who's just going to destroy everything. Granted, you just need to give him a Gatlin gun, and he can take out a whole beach, but... Well, this is kind of part of the problem with Hollywood now. They don't make movies because they have a great idea. They make movies to make money, and... This franchise, those two franchises have each obviously continued to make money. Therefore, they've continued to make films. Sure. That's what it boils down to. The nice thing about at least Rocky is it's not Rocky anymore. He's playing Rocky as a supporting character to Creed. Did you see the first Creed? No. Okay. I I know I should. I heard it was good. It's pretty good. I, I just feel burnt out on that whole thing. It's true. You know, I watched the first Creed. And I was like, okay, this is good. I like it. Like, because I'm a huge Michael B. Jordan, love him. Think mm-hmm. he's great. And Stallone was great in it. That's how I feel with this one, the new one that's out. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm done. Yeah. Like I, I, I just, I can only watch so they, many. They got him fighting Ivan Drago's kid or something, right? Right. So and it's, again, it's like going back again and redoing it again. Right, but it's, still, mean, we, it's trying to keep the connection. The next one they'll have him fight uh, Mr. T's kid or something. Oh, and then. <laughs> And it's just <laughs> some yeah, <laughs> some young guy with a mohawk, and right? Some gold chain right. jewelry. <laughs> Even though it was practically that was practically the guy who he uh, Rocky fought in Rocky Balboa was the young guy who just without the mohawk. Yeah. Did you watch that one? You watched the uh, I one? think I did. That I one's fun. That one's pretty fun. I actually enjoy that one a lot more than most of them. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's just and you know the other thing about it is is how much, do you need another boxing movie? I mean, really. Um, is that a thing? Do you need a boxing movie? I mean, how many more times can you watch it? There's been a couple, right? There was what Cinderella man and uh, fight. Was it called fighting with fighter fighter? Yeah. The fighter. Yeah. The fighter. Um, what else has been on? I don't know. I don't, I mean, I, I just feel like I've, there's only so many ways you can show me a, uh, a boxing match. Mm-hmm. Even when they get into like MMA fighting and stuff too, it's just like I, you know, I can watch the real thing and then you, it's, you know, you show me a simulation of it, and then it's like a four four minute long cuts or scene. <laughs> just because the camera's closer in the ring doesn't make it. The movies are always they're always like about an underdog too that somehow manages to succeed in the end. Of course, surprise. Or or if he doesn't succeed, succeeds in another way. Like if he doesn't win, it's. He well, wins because he, he, he did it for himself or something like that. That's you know? why I like the first Rocky. I, right. I love the first Rocky. But um, most of the, I think most of them have just kind of been about, you know, the odds are against him. But somehow he succeeds in the end. It's just, so many people forget that about the first Rocky that it's kind of a downer in a way. Like, Well, the first one is he, he, he's this guy from the streets that gets the opportunity to fight the champion. And he doesn't beat him, but he goes all, was it 10 rounds or whatever? Yeah. And never gets knocked out. So it's just the idea that he kind of went toe-to-toe with the champion and sure. held his own and um, was a moral victory. Which is the exact same storyline of Rocky Balboa, the sixth one. He's the old guy 
who has one more fight in him against the young heavyweight champ, and he loses by decision at the end. And well, but he he stood toe to toe with yeah. the young guy. I'm like, this is the same story. Yeah. But that one was just I don't know what it was about that one, but that one was so fun. I defend that movie a lot. Um, yeah. So Rambo Five. Are you Rambo Rambo franchise guy or no? Um, you know, I've only seen, I think the first two. Okay. Uh, they're okay. So you didn't see the one from like 10 years ago? No. <laughs> I strongly encourage seeing it because it is literally, it's an hour and like 20 minutes. I mean, it's, it's fast mm-hmm. and it's literally set up for three scenes of pure violence mm-hmm. and that's it. There's no point. He's in the jungle. Yeah. I don't even remember off the top of my head the first scene, but I know the middle scene is a is a sniper, and I mean they're taking people's heads off. But the final scene is him. He's on a beach. It's, it looks like Normandy, mm-hmm. and all these guys are coming up, and he's on the back of a truck and a Gatling gun. John, he's blowing people's legs off. I mean they're flying. It is unbelievable, but it moves so fast and it's so crazy. I mean there's yeah. no there's nothing there. The first Rambo movie was supposed to be kind of a, a commentary on the Vietnam War. Yep. And then they've just kind of turned into uh, action fest. Totally. Yeah. Well, the third, the third one is, is, I mean, the, 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 the fourth one from 10 years ago is different, but that third one, when it was, you know, die hard at that time, um, it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were just like, what can we make Rambo do this time? Which is what pretty much any eighties action star turned into. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Okay. Interesting to know. We're still new on the podcast, so I still have to learn learn about you, John. I need to know I need to know your your Rambo take. So you're not flooding to the theater to see Rambo Five? No, no. <laughs> me either. Um, so the other fun thing, and I don't know if you know much about this. I've only just been paying attention. Uh, so Netflix purchased. Did you know a couple years ago that Netflix purchased The Irishman, which is Martin Scorsese's new movie? Did you ever know that? Uh, no. Okay, so. Quick backstory: It was purchased. It was. It's been being made for uh, quite a while now, and it has. It's Robert De Niro and Al Pacino and Scorsese all back together again, mm-hmm. um, which falls under the line of do we do we need them together again after twenty five years? I I love De Niro. Um, I he's one of my all time favorite actors. Um, he hasn't made too many good movies lately, right? Yeah, well, name name a good movie he's made in the last ten years. Last ten years, because yeah. I mean, Meet um, the Parents is fifteen years ago now. Yeah, Heat was amazing. Um, I mean, I don't, I'm even trying to think of what I've seen him in. Like, I remember that well, he was in Righteous Kill. I was just going to say, bad. very bad. Yeah, it was very bad because that was the whole point of that movie. Look who's back together again. He did something with uh, John Travolta over there in the woods. Oh, yeah. I don't know the name of it, but it wasn't good either. Did you yeah. see him in that Zac Efron, Dirty Grandpa? Oh, oh I, my I gosh. had to turn it off. Wasn't that horrible? They had De Niro masturbating in that movie. <laughs> Robert De Niro. I know. I know. I mean, you want to talk about De Niro walking onto a set and collecting a paycheck? I, that, that's what that was. How bad does he need money? He doesn't. Well, then don't do the movie. <laughs> I didn't want to see him like that. Cause he, I turned the movie off. I yeah. turned it off when I saw Matt. When I saw my hero, <laughs> Robert De Niro, Academy Award winner, Robert De Niro, masturbating in a movie. I couldn't do it. God, that wasn't even the beginning of it. There was so much other stuff in that. Yeah. 
Yeah, that movie was, you know, uh, that was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It was bad. It was bad. I'm not surprised you shut it off. Yeah. I made it through. I don't remember anything about it other than really terrible parts from that. But this movie is supposed to be this huge, awesome thing. So when Netflix bought it in like 2016, uh, it had a budget of like $90 million, which is crazy for a movie that's getting put right onto Netflix. Um, and then it kind of like bumped up to like $100 million, and then it kind of bumped up to like 120 Now the movie costs $140 million. For them to buy it? No, for them to make it. For them to make it? Yeah, that's not even including the purchase. So who knows what the Netflix purchase on it was. Yeah, isn't that crazy? How does Netflix make money? I don't know. I mean, I want to know. Nobody knows. It's like the secret of life of <laughs> how they make money. But well, how, the, many does, does, um, how many subscribers do they have? Oh, it's millions. So they're getting 10 I mean, 10, 10 bucks a month. I get it. A m- but, a month. but that's just one thing. I mean, they're yeah. obviously... <laughs> but they're continuously buying. Yeah. And, there's, and, and it's just going nuts. Yeah. But, yeah, so... They did it finally announced today that it, it's going to be in the theaters too. It's not just going to be just on the web, not just on the streaming site. I would bet it's in three theaters that nobody can get to. And it's, it's just a way of making Scorsese sound like, because Scorsese came out a couple years ago against Netflix. Like you don't put movies in theaters. You're taken away from why people watch movies and stuff. And then mm-hmm. boom, he gets purchased and now he's making a Netflix movie. And now he has to kind of be like, Okay, come on. <laughs> give me some of that. Give me some of that theater play because I, I kind of destroyed you guys about three years ago when you first became super famous. So, yeah. But I'm interested. You would think that that's the last time of this too, right? I mean, all them guys are 70s. Well, Pacino's probably even old. Pacino and De Niro have to be in their 80s. Are they still talking about doing a Taxi Driver sequel? Oh, please, no. I hope they don't, but I, I've heard talk of it. Every, you know, because we're 30 years out now, all these 80 movies that are, like, especially super classic ones mm-hmm. that are, or Taxi Driver 70s, uh, are getting, like, reboots. Like, this, the fact that The Shining's getting something is just... What's that, kid? I think it's a prequel. Pretty sure. Oh, yeah? Yeah. How, why? It's like, this movie can just stand by itself. Yeah. It doesn't need... I think a, a Shining sequel could be interesting, but I just have a feeling they'll they'll just get some crap script and just make it a, a bunch of jump scares or something. You know what I mean? Like, I think modern horror films have kind of gone south. So I'll be surprised if um, they could make another film that lived up to Stanley Kubrick's Shining. Um, it's called Doctor Sleep, and Ewan McGregor is in it for the new. Who's uh, writing it? Mm-hmm. Sources say uh, Mike Flanagan, the guy who did Gerald's Game on Netflix. Wow. <laughs> and it is, uh, get, and Stephen King has given his blessing on the movie. Yeah. That's us. That's fine. I know. Again, wait, uh, who needs who needs that? That's sad. Yeah. Come up with something Keep original it a lot. instead of... Right. You know, you could just switch a few things and call yeah, it something could just else. Be a, it could practically it could just be a haunted hotel movie, <laughs> and it could have been good, but um, right, right. they got to tack the shiny name on there because then they know they'll make more money. Right. So that's interesting because I wonder even how many. You know, the shining is is different in a way because it's not like it's it's super famous. I think for people who really like movies or horror movies, but 
you wonder the generation below us, like the people that are like 13, say The Shining comes out in three years and then they're 16. Do you think they've seen the original Shining? No. No way. Right? I mean, The Shining is a, a certain type of movie. I mean, it's two and a half hours and it's relatively slow at points and um, is more touted for great acting and stuff than, and then the scares coming at the end. I wonder how many like kids below our generation probably never even seen their first one. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's interesting. Because that, that's what I think about when they're going to make this new movie. Is The Shining name going to sell that many people? Well, the adults will go see it. I guess. I wonder even, I wonder even my... Because I'm 30. I wonder even how I bet you I could go around to like 10 of my friends and assume that only four of them have seen The Shining. I'll bet yeah. you. Because even we're too young. Yeah, I didn't see it when I was in theaters or anything like that. I saw no. it on DVD. Right. I mean, now it's on Netflix a lot, and maybe it's one of the movies that people see on there and go, geez, I've never watched that before. Maybe this is the time and they click on it. But interesting to me. Um, other little things, speaking of 80s movies getting redone, uh, Candyman is coming back. Were you a fan of Candyman back in the day? Uh, you know, I think I remember enjoying it, but I, I mean, I was a teenager, and I mean, I... I bet if I watched it again, it's probably not great. You know, Candyman was like <coughs> the one horror character that I was actually like, I think kind of scared by. The he was the one where if you looked bees, in the mirror man. and you said his name three times, he'd appear behind you. Yeah. And he opened his mouth and bees, bees came, out. came out. That's scary. Scary imagery. I don't want to be yeah. sung by bees by this guy. And he was scary. But uh, yeah. the saving grace behind it is Jordan Peele's directing it. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, you know, a hot name right now with uh, Get Out. Right, that was really good. Yeah, um, it was surprisingly good, especially coming from you know he's he's known for being a comedian. He was him and uh, Keegan Michael Key, they were the <coughs> comedy duo Key and Peele, and they did all these little sketch comedy bits for um, for TV. So for when he did Get Out, um, I think a lot of people were surprised that he could make a quality feature film yeah. that was uh, a little more mature than the subject matter on his sketches. You know, and you know the thing I always thought about Get Out, and I think I've talked about it here, and if I haven't, I will, um, is trailers. So you see that Jordan Peele, who's popular for being a comedian, is making this movie, and the trailer itself is kind of selling you a comedic film. Like, it's not, it's, it's like kind of selling you a comedy horror movie. And that's not what's, that's not really what it is. Yeah. I remember being kind of confused, um, before I saw it, I was like, is it a comedy? Cause yeah. it, I'm like, it's Jordan Peele. So I assume it's a comedy. I think everyone did. I'm like, I'm looking at it. I'm like, it doesn't look like a comedy, yeah. but I, I had been hearing such great things about it. So I, I rushed up that to the, the theater to see that one and, um, I enjoyed it. Yeah. So did I, but I just couldn't believe, you know, usually when a movie sells you the wrong thing, People flip. That's when people get mad when they're sold this one movie mm-hmm. and they've gotten another movie, you know, in the two and a half minutes that they spent to see a trailer. Yeah. And that one did not have that that response really, which is good. Yeah. I thought that was it's, I thought that was interesting about it's it. It's basically a horror film uh, or a thriller. Thriller, yeah. It does have a little bit of humor sprinkled yeah. in, and it has horror sprinkled in too. Yeah, but uh, mostly just a really well written thriller. Yeah. Totally. So, yeah, I think it's great, but I, I think that helps me 
with Candyman. Is that Jordan Peele's doing another movie? And it's He's writing it and directing? I think so. Yeah. Um, but is this a situation where Jordan Peele went to the studio and said, you know what, I've got this Candyman story I've been dying to tell? Or did they go, you know, we've got this Candyman license. We want to make a film. Uh, who can we get to attach to it that's sure. hot right now? Oh, Jordan Peele's available. Let's right. get him on board. Um, you know what I'm saying? If it's if it's situation A, I'm interested. But it's probably situation <coughs> oh, B. Oh, totally. Yeah. And which situation comes with a, probably a bigger check? Situation B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, usually when you go, I think if you go to a movie studio saying you want to get this done, they, <laughs> they undercut how much money you need if they're even going to do it. Yeah. But, you know, I guess that's kind of what people get into the business for too is hoping that they they strike gold with something and somebody pays them a lot of money to direct mm-hmm. a franchise but you know the good part about it is is if he comes out well on this mm-hmm. you know that can just make him even a bigger star you yeah. know if you could take the franchise and do good with it yeah and maybe know? bring Candyman back and uh, get him back in the lineup along with uh, Freddy Krueger and Jason and yeah. as one of the classic uh, he is a forgotten yeah like slasher quote-unquote even though he really wasn't yeah. he has kind of forgotten in that uh that genre yeah maybe he'll bring him back and make him make him cool well and again going back to like people not knowing how many people under the age of 35 have ever watched or even barely know what Candyman is yeah it's such it's not the most popular one. no definitely not so that's probably a big sell of it yeah um so keep it with the 80s so i'm going to do this for the next three weeks so rotten tomatoes has been putting out their 10 essential movies based off their reviews um of that you must watch from each decade mm-hmm. so i immediately thought of it i'm like okay this is interesting we can talk about this yeah. it'll kind of harken back to episode one but if you didn't listen to episode one here's a little bit more more chatting so if you're 1980s mm-hmm. these are the 10 movies that you must watch uh back to the future of course et must you i mean it was good for its time it, maybe it's a. It depends, I guess. Maybe how you look at. It. Are you looking at it as like a time capsule, or are you looking at it as a? You know, like if you're looking at it as like what what is the '80s? Like Back to the Future yeah. fits. Like oh yeah, I mean that movie hits. This yeah. is what the '80s is. Does even does ET even get that though? I mean, obviously, ET was a big success in the '80s. Sure. I, think, I think it's a very effective film for children. Um, as an adult, I don't, I don't care for. It. Yeah. No, me either. Even as a kid, I I remember that was one of the movies, obviously, that I was shown, and I it wasn't uh, a movie that I remember keeping in my VHS player. You know, mm-hmm. I don't remember like I can remember some of the movies that I watched. You know, you know, when you're a kid, you can watch the same movie forty times in a row, and it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can definitely tell you, ET was not one of them. But yeah. uh, Ghostbusters, yeah, sure, in a vacuum in the eighties, that's fine. Uh, Empire Strikes Back, yep. Obvious, uh, sixteen candles. I guess so. Sure. <laughs> if 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 you need the one movie that hits the teen pre college era, because you know the eighties, man, those movies were. If you're gonna put, is that the only John Hughes movie on this list? Because you got to put Breakfast Club in there. Yeah. Well, the reason why. Okay. So again, it's Rotten Tomatoes. So they're doing a ton of it off scores. Yeah. And. I'm assuming they're trying to get you a list of, if you're doing 10 movies of that decade, you probably want a variety. So putting two of very similar things. I mean, I would choose Breakfast Club over 
16 That's cans. what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I, would, I would put Breakfast Club and not six. Is Breakfast Club on the list? No. Nah. No. Bump, bump 16. <laughs> and put Breakfast. Put Breakfast Club instead. Is that because we're two dudes? Maybe. I, I was going to say, I think that's partially it. Maybe. I think, I think, I think so. everybody loves Breakfast Club, though. I don't know anybody that like, doesn't like 16 Candles, really. I think it's fine. Is it, i got to figure out if I'm... No, I'm thinking of Pretty in Pink. Okay, 16 Candles is the uh, the other one that gets lumped right in with Breakfast Club all the time. I don't know if I've seen it. Okay. <laughs> I think way. I was thinking of Pretty in Pink, okay. but whatever. Either way. Uh, the Shining, that we already talked about. Uh, yeah. Raging Bull. I don't know if you if that's a must see. I enjoyed it. Raging I, Bull again. De Niro. I like De Niro. Another Scorsese film. Yep. Um, and I wonder if that's partially it. Scorsese. It feels like De they're Niro. trying to hit some bases with this list. <laughs> well, yeah. You got again. If you're doing the 1980s as a time capsule. All right, but if we're going to talk 1980s, um, and we're going to talk about uh, Scorsese, right? Um. What else came on this eighties? I'll look thinking, it up. I'm thinking seventies and nineties. What's Scorsese got in the eighties? Because Taxi Driver was seventies, Goodfellas was nineties. He must have done something besides Raging Bull in between there. Sure, we'll look it up here. Yeah, because I I uh I just recently watched Raging Bull a couple uh maybe a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. I wasn't uh in love with it. By me, I and think again that goes back to the bit. I think it's effective. It's um yeah the. The other ones are After Hours, Color of Money, and uh, Last Temptation of Christ. I guess. So I guess if you're picking Scorsese in the 80s. Yeah. I guess Scorsese really shined more in the 70s. And, yep. And then uh, Goodfellas, of course, was... Was 90. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I get it. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yep. Always. And uh, uh, Princess Bride. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And then uh, Do the Right Thing is the other one. Which is Spike Lee's big breakout movie. For the 80s, makes sense to me as well. So, again, they're like 10 of the most popular movies you can talk about from the 80s. Mm-hmm. You get it. But I just think it's interesting. And, you know, they all go off critic scores, so every movie is in the 90s besides two of them. So, What about Predator? <laughs> I mean, that is some. You know, those are a couple things that are missing, I guess. This, you know, the 80s was famous for slasher movies. Do you throw a slasher on there if you're picking your top ten? Also huge for those type of action movies. Do you put anything like Predator or yeah. Schwarzenegger or Stallone or anybody on there for that? Those yeah, are the I'd things throw, you got to throw Predator on the list. You throw Predator on the top ten movies of the eighties, huh? Well, if you're talking about must watches, okay. I mean, I don't know about top ten. I guess it depends on if. Well, and it's Rotten Tomatoes, so you assume they're they're also looking at rankings more or less. Mm-hmm. But you know, if, I think. I think in a vacuum, they, these movies get the 80s across. Like, I'm not a Back to the Future fan. Again, I've said this on the first episode that oh, I like it. I'm not in the generation. I'm too young. I didn't grow up with it. I didn't love it like people do. Um, so I wouldn't ever have that on my list. But mm-hmm. I was born in 1989, so I don't really have a say <laughs> in what happened in the 80s yeah. for, for youth watching. So, okay, cool. I'll be back next week where I'll do the talk about the 90s. I think the the 90s and 2000s are a little more interesting. The 80s seemed pretty right. straightforward. 90s and 2000s are a little more... The, the 80s scattered. was, I think, when the the VHS players started to get ubiquitous in homes. Yeah, that sounds right. And um, they started pumping out more content because they had, you know, 
they had video releases. So it used before that it was you had to go to the theater. Yep. So there'd be you know a couple. Films. Or had a laser disc, which those things were the size of. That you know, came on the eighties. Isn't it before that? There was no. something before VHS that you could watch at home. VHS well, was the first. It was the first mass produced. That's what I'm talking about. Mass produced. Got I mean, it. You know, there might have been something before that, but you, not a lot of people had it. But I think in the eighties was when um, people started to get VHS players. And VHS started to get real popular. So they started making a lot more content because before that, you had to go to the theater. Right. There'd be a couple a couple films playing, and that was it. But um, when they could get it to you right in your home, um, they started mass-producing right. content. So I think the quality of movies started to go down in the 80s. Which you could say is the reason why the quality of movies dropped since the 80s. Oh, yeah. It's continued <laughs> to do so. I mean, now we've got, like we've talked before about how now we've got all these different <laughs> streaming services, and I mean, they're just pu- they're putting out more content than ever now. That's crazy. So it's getting even worse. Yeah. I mean, I thought the boom of DVDs was bad when DVDs were just popping on the shelves. Now you don't even have to spend the money on a physical copy of half the movies. You can just throw them under a streaming service and never have to worry about somebody buying it. Yeah. It's crazy. All right, so on to our two movies this week. Um, we'll start first. With the new uh, 2018 release, just on DVD, so you can get it at Redbox, On Demand, and all those fun places, um, is Searching, which yeah. is John Cho's new movie. Yeah, I'm really excited to be able to talk about this movie, because this, in in some way, um, partially inspired this podcast. Because um, before we were doing this podcast, I was at the Redbox, or no, I was looking, at, I was looking online at uh, the movies that were playing in theaters, and I was looking at the scores on... Rotten Tomatoes, and there was just like yeah, everything that was playing was just getting these horrible scores. But there was this one movie that was listed called Searching that was getting like a ninety something. Yeah, from, I remember I was having this discussion. Yeah, and um, I'm like, it, it wasn't playing anywhere. It was. I'm like, how come I've never heard of this movie? I, it's not playing anywhere. I've never heard of it, and it's getting great scores. Instead, I gotta have advertisements shoved down my throat for Happy Time I knew Murders. It. I, I knew Happy Time Murders was the one you were going to go to. I, I was ready for it. Yes. They were They were just... Um, Tell John, if you're listening to this, that request a watch-along of Happy Time Murders because he wants to see it so bad. I saw countless trailers <laughs> for Happy Time Murders with this puppet ejaculating. That scene is so bad. In the like that was the that was the gut punch of this is funny like that was how it ended I was like I saw that I saw that repeatedly (laughs) yet I saw nothing right on searching right never heard of it too small yeah it's getting great great scores so I was like we got to do this podcast and start to shine a light on some of these smaller films that are good that are out there that exist and you know help people find them. And wade through all this garbage. Yeah, but upon watching Searching, I'm not surprised that it didn't get mass production. Why? Um, I think, uh, and again, this isn't speaking of myself. I'm, I'm speaking of, of people. I think the fact that the movie is encased inside a box, inside of a screen. Yeah, so the what so, Searching is, it's a, it's, a, it's a movie about a guy who um, his, young, his young daughter goes missing. Um, the, the entire film, well, he, he spends the majority of the film, um, digging through her social media, um, 
to try to find clues of where she may have gone or what may have happened to her. And the way the film is presented, the whole thing is we're watching footage on a computer screen, basically. Yeah, pretty much through the webcam. For and the then part. and then focus pretty much through the webcam while seeing what's on the screen. Right. It's it's like if you recorded your computer. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much if you're from the point of view of your computer. If you yeah, if you recorded the computer screen. So you see like right. video chats right. between characters. Um you see them clicking around and, and pulling up. Yeah, so if you ever saw videos. that movie Unfriended. Yes. Exactly like that. Yes, I, I saw Unfriended and um I thought it was an interesting premise. Um Unfriended was was also presented this way. It was yeah. it was the video chat the whole time. The yep. movie was we're looking at the, the, the computer screen. Yep. And I heard that Unfriended was about um like a serial killer or some sort of killer that was yep. involved. Uh, and I thought that's kind of an interesting way to present a movie. And I was interested in it and I watched it, but it, it was, a, it turned out to be a supernatural film. You know, and here's the problem I had on Friday that I didn't have a searching is the problem with these movies. And we're going to get into it. And I don't want to cut off like the premise and the, and the plot too hard. But if you're going to do this, you have to be correct on how technology works. Unfriended was very poor in, like the way, like me and you are on our computers enough. We understand how Skype works. We understand how Facebook works. Unfriended, I remember watching and going, this stuff doesn't even look like what I would do if I was on my computer. And I remember thinking that the whole time, like this is not done very well. We're searching, besides the outdatedness of the computer, which is funny because they're clicking the logins, but that could be anybody's. People still could own that. And that could be a thing on a PC that I don't know about. Um, the way the video chats are coming in, the way the Facebook screens look, the way he's typing, where he's going, and how he gets there, you know? just I love it how he sometimes pulls up wrong tabs. Mm -hmm. Of course you do. Who doesn't? Or, like, he searched, he's trying to figure out that one website, the CAM website. He literally can't, he searched, like, four times because he didn't know what it was because yeah. he couldn't remember even that. I'm like, that is how real people search the internet. Yeah. And I love that. That's a that's a part I liked about the movie. That I was uh, right when I learned about five minutes in that that's how the movie is going to be. I'm like, here we go. I got to watch a bunch of bad internet stuff because it's not going to look good. And it turned out to be pretty. What did you think about that part? I liked it. Um, I thought I um, I didn't know that that was going to be the presentation. Neither did but I. the the movie is so well written and so intriguing that sometimes you forget that that's what you're watching. I think I felt drawn into it sometimes. I would say I did when it was the whole time, like him doing the web chats and stuff. I think it once got towards the end and the, and the footage was now like hidden camera or helicopter or news footage. Then, you know, it was a lot harder for me to believe. Like I was more or less like, okay, now I, we're watching like clips and stuff. I went in and out of it, but I didn't, I didn't mind. Oh, I didn't either. I didn't mind the presentation no. at all. Either. Um, this movie ended up being more of what I was hoping for when I watched Unfriended. Right. Because I'm not big on the supernatural stuff, so that's what Unfriended turned out to be. Easy the, out. Yeah. This one is... Um, Easy. Well, and, you know, Unfriended was also... It, at least it was billed as a horror movie, so if you're going to get supernatural in a horror movie, you shouldn't be. It's I, just a thing. I just read the back of the DVD box or whatever, right. and it said it was, you know, about a... A killer or whatever. And okay. I thought, okay, that sounds kind of interesting or whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, but no, this this is a really good movie. Um, it's, to be honest with you, it, it feels like an exceptional movie just because the movies 
that are coming out lately have been so bad. <laughs> I had that, dude. You it's, you took it out of my. You took that out of my voice. I'm so glad. It's it's a good movie, and it shouldn't be an exceptional movie. This is the quality that an average movie should be. Right. This is this is how good movie any movie that's being made should be about this good. So here's my perfect example. I, I can't believe you said that because this is something I was going to bring up. So the LA film critics, uh, they vote on their their awards at the end of the but they at the end of the week. But they came out with their short list of the ten best movies of the year. You know, not in any order. Searching was on there. Yeah. And it wasn't that I was offended by it. Because mm. I was like, you know what, searching's good. Yeah. Is it a ten best movie of the year? It's, Is it though? It's I mean, good. It's a very good, easy to recommend movie. But let's be honest. Should it be a top ten movie? It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It should be a movie you remember like that was good. Yeah. I liked it. Right. But it shouldn't be a movie you go, number top five. Right. Couldn't believe it. It's just that there's so much fans. I couldn't believe that. When I read that, and I, and I looked at the other stuff on that list, and I was like, I mean, to me, and I'd only seen, I think I was six of the ten I'd seen, the other four I don't even think are released yet. The searching stood out. Mm-hmm. Like, how did it make this list? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Um but sorry, keep going on that. But I agree with you that the the, the movies this year have been so poor yeah. that this movie seems way too high. It yeah, it's just a sol- it's just a solid movie. I mean, I have no complaints about it. It's an enjoyable movie. Right. I definitely recommend it. I liked a couple things. I liked. Uh, I thought the opening five minutes were great. Did the up where it built you up on a nice and then mm-hmm. just destroyed your emotions. You knew that was coming, but still, you were like, uh oh. Mm-hmm. Thought that was great. Um, I also like John Cho looking worse throughout the movie. <laughs> There's that one time where I, I they kind of like tell you, you know, um, I will admit one thing about this. So the fact that this happened in like five days seems short. Like it, there's so much happened between the disappearance of her and then the, the, the final. Mm-hmm. The five days seemed like a, a small snippet in time. I, I, I even thought that about midway through when at one point John Cho like answered his Skype it was like, it, he looked like he'd been hit by a Mack truck and did meth all night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was only like day three. <laughs> I was like, this is, well, this has been up for 72 hours. And I'm not saying not, but it just felt, it, that felt rushed to me. I felt like it, they could have made it, but I didn't, small details. I didn't, I didn't feel that way. I thought it was, I thought it was well done. Um, it didn't seem rushed to me. No. What did you, so the conclusion of it. Were you into it? Were well, you... we, we shouldn't say too no, much. No, I'm not going to. Um, but did you see it coming? Did you kind of get it? Or were you um, pretty taken off? I don't want to say I don't want to say a lot on the ending. Well, you don't uh, have to say nothing. All I want to say is I think it's a great movie. Oh, I, I, it's good. Yeah. yeah. I get it. And I think putting it in perspective of it's a great movie this year. Yeah. To me. Like, I thought that at the end I went, I have no problems with this movie. I had mm-hmm. fun. It's good. I like John Cho. I think... It wraps up in a good way. I think it's there. Mm-hmm. It's not great to me, but it is now. It's because I've watched so much mediocre stuff. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it was refreshing to be able to just say, "Yeah, it's a good movie." Yeah, I mean, you don't say that a whole often. Oh like, lately, especially lately, it's been. Yeah, I mean, it has been horrible. I finally went through my letterbox the other day, where I throw in my movie uh, scores quick, just so I remember what I watched. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, John. I, I start writing them down. I have a little like movie notebook and oof, it was <laughs> rough. And I, I yeah. started putting together my top like 25 list of the year too. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm just like the back. Usually, like when I make a list of top twenty five, I think like the top like fifteen to sixteen are great movies. Like I'm really impressed. And then there's the other ones that are good that you know could be chopped off the list because you know whatever. This year, it's like six in, and I'm like, that's that's what we need here. I don't. <laughs> these other movies are good, but they're not. Uh, you know anything to go crazy about. Mm-hmm. And then I went back and looked at some of the past years. This is rough. Yeah. We are in a rough time. We started this podcast at a terrible time right now. Well, kind of good time. Cause then we the can right tell you what not to watch. Exactly. That's the whole point of this. But again, to, to find those little gems, you are going to Redbox or whatever. Watch this. Yeah. There's, this is going to be so much better than pretty much everything else out there. Right. I mean, there's a couple we haven't seen, but like I, I know the other one that's big out out right now that <coughs> excuse me that I haven't seen is uh, Crazy Rich Asians, it's supposed to be really good, mm-hmm. based off a book that I've never read. Um, so I want to watch it just because I heard it was it's been just been getting great great scores and reviews and by both audience and critics both love it so mm-hmm. that intrigues me. So we won't say not to watch that because we haven't seen it, but searching definitely definitely watch it. So now since John pre pre did it last week. Mm-hmm. Three different times in the podcast that Dustin had to watch on Netflix, Bullethead. Yeah, had to watch it. It's going to be a blow off. He 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 built my expectations up to watch this movie. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, Dustin didn't want to watch it because of the title. It's horrible. Admit it. Bullethead. That's the most generic movie title. Immediately, I'm like, I'm done with this. I'm just right. threw it away. Yeah, the title, I mean, it, it definitely sounds... Um, and and no offense, throwing Adrian Brody on the cover, too, doesn't help a ton. Adrian Not Brody's, an Adrian Brody fan? No, he's pretty bluff to me. So that was the other thing. I, I just what do you mean it. by bluff? Is he not a good actor? Not really. You don't think so? No. Um, the first time I ever saw Adrian Brody in a film... It and was a, if you take out The Pianist, because he's obviously great in that movie. Because he won an Academy Award for it, he was good in it. But, sorry. Um, you know, I didn't see that one, but it looks awesome. It looked like his acting was really good. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, the first time I saw him in a movie was a movie called Bread and Roses. Um, long time ago. Uh, didn't like the movie at all, but I'm like, the guy that's in it is a really good actor. Sure. And um, he's obviously gone on to make a name for himself. But um, Bullethead, I found it on Netflix, and I like crime dramas, so I thought I'd give it a shot. It's got Adrian Brody, it's got uh, John Malkovich, and it's got uh, Antonio Banderas, and it's got uh, Rory Culkin. Yeah, I, where the whole time you're going, God, that looks just like Macaulay Culkin, right? Yeah. So well, was I, I. I knew I had, it was one of the Culkins. There's, I had no idea. There's three of them that act. See, and I don't pay attention, but the whole time I'm like, this is obvious. And then I had to look it up, and I was, yeah. yeah. They look just alike. It's crazy. Yeah, Macaulay, and then uh, Kieran Culkin. Oh, yeah, that's the other one. Yep. He was in Scott Pilgrim versus the world yep, yep. and some other stuff. But uh, and now Rory Culkin is in this one. Um, they're all pretty good actors. Sure, I, think. Uh, I thought Rory did a good job in this one. <laughs> but um, so a pretty good cast. I like crime dramas. The premise with Bullethead is that uh, at the beginning of the movie, they've just finished a robbery. They're making their escape, and they crash their vehicle, total out the vehicle. Yeah. Um, they are. They find themselves outside of like this old, what appears to be an abandoned warehouse, and they figure they're just gonna hang out there for a while, kind of lay low. Right. And um, there's this 
dog. Yes. On the loose there. Very Cujo-like. Cujo, dog. yes. This movie is Cujo versus Criminals. Right. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. As, as you know, that's why I hyped it up last week. Dustin's over here shaking his it's head. Not, it's not great. What's wrong with it? A lot. Oh, my God. So there's not much here. All right, let me speak first. I'll let you I'll, go I'll first. You how it is Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. Um, I One thing that really stood out for me with this film was um, how it was directed. Um, there's some scenes in it where the the characters are flashing back and telling stories um, experiences that they had earlier and the way that the movie kind of transitioned in and out of the, yeah, that's cool. Cool. Yeah. Give it more than that. It was, it was very sleek, but I didn't like, uh, I, th- I didn't like any of the, the flashbacks were all, were all the way to drive a plot. That's not there. When every single flashback isn't like you, you, you gave that about slumdog millionaire. I mean, okay. every flashback had a reason and it had to be that, each one of them had one flashback. Rory Culkin's flashback, a joke. So ridiculous. And you knew exactly what the point of it was. To make you care for a drug drug addict who's already screwed up half this plan. And then, oh, you care now because he told you a really sad story. And then. Well, I think, I mean, if you're going to focus on that one. but Oh, that one's bad. The, the other flashbacks were just more to give you an insight into who these characters were. Because if they didn't show that, they each only had one, right? Yeah. Okay, that's that's still not enough to me. It gave you it gave you some information about the characters, and um, I think the the Adrian Brody one was especially important. That one was definitely there. The yeah. but Malkovich's Malkovich's didn't do anything for me either because the Malkovich character was just there. Mm-hmm. There was no, he was just the older grizzled. Bank robber guy who knows the... I mean, the tropes are there. You got the young kid who's going to mess up, and of course is a drug addict. Then you got Adrian Brody, who's like the mid-tier, who has the family, but, you know, he's kind of a bad guy. But he's not really, because he's kind of likable. And then you have John Malkovich, who's the... Oh, I have one more of these left in me, or else it's going to happen. And you know exactly what's going to happen the whole time. And the dog stuff was ludicrous. The Cujo stuff oh. is so unbearable. The ending chase, I mean, because you know what's going to happen. You know the dog is going to eventually have a big seat. The way that the way the dog oh. was presented, it was very over the top. I mean, this so dog, over the top. This dog was almost supernatural <laughs> in its in its strength, and it blew um, through a bus windshield. What a monster! Oh yeah, I mean, it wouldn't do that to get into the bus. There's scenes where uh, the dog is like they've they've run through a door and they've shut the door behind them, and the dog is oh. slamming. <laughs> Into the door and the door is splintering. Stupid. I mean, it's it's definitely over the top. This is a movie that is Granted, not, it's not meant to be taken completely serious. No, but they it's did a push one movie. They did no, they did push the dog as like this. You know, I mean, the whole point it's given away pretty early on is there's a dog fighting ring in the warehouse. Mm-hmm. That's not like a secret. That's why the dog's there, um, and he's the dog that keeps winning. Right and like even yeah, was taking this is like this the, is super dog yes this is the the king of all dogs but man can, but all it takes is a little bit of a piano and he's done just like that so easy <laughs> oh I can't believe it I am so I am shocked by this 
Um, but John is telling I, you to watch this movie. I had fun with it. I had fun with it. I got it. I thought it was, to me, it was, it was. You, what a, what I think it's funny because of some of the it's, stuff it's that I've pointed out, you've just laughed at because you know. It's, the, the I, I had part. fun with it. It's a fun movie. <laughs> it's a fun movie. It's, it's the way it was directed. I thought it was really stellar. Sure. Sure. Okay. Here's a question. Uh-huh. So car is smashed into the warehouse, right? Okay. Uh, two cop cars pull up. Yeah. Where do those cops go? They just left. Well, uh- what <laughs> they just left. I kept waiting for the cops. Even I read the IMDb, you know, they give the sentence. Uh-huh. It said on the run from the police and like, or, or, or like housed in warehouse uh, waiting for police to arrive. Aren't they? No, the police arrived, saw a car smashed into the warehouse and just got in their cars and left. And I was, I kept waiting. I'm like, yes, somebody has to think that this is weird. Right. I mean, like a cop can probably go up to the car and realize that it's pretty fresh. You know, run the plates or something. Come on, give me that. Like that's so that's so bad. That's very that's poor. And the other thing at the end, you know, Antonio Banderas, bad guy. You know, it, 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 this is a movie thing. When the bad guy is going to sh- kill the good guy, they always have to talk the whole time about how they're going to kill the good guy and why they're bad. Mm. That's such a movie thing. I don't know why movies do it. He did it twice. Yeah. He had a whole expose stopped. They went to a new sequence and he did it again. I'm like, okay, you realize that you kind of messed up the first time. You should have killed him. But instead, you're over here chit chatting away. And he does, oh, John, this is amazing. I'm surprised that you're over here. <laughs> you're just smiling at me. I thought it was grand. fun. I think, you, I think you're reading too much into it. Oh, I'm you're not. Wait. I think you're taking it too seriously. For me, um, I felt like I got it. It was a fun, enjoyable movie. I had fun with it. I think you got to look sure. at it as a fun movie. And I'm sure there's going to be a time it's, in it's the future not. of this podcast where I'm going to tell you the same thing, where I had a good time during you know, a movie, and you're going to dislike your time. We're we're trying to recommend movies to people that they can enjoy, and I thought this was definitely something that's easily enjoyable. Um, sure. Easily enjoyable, sure. Yeah, because it's a, it's a perfect Netflix movie. Yeah. Go do the dishes while you watch this. You don't need to actually watch it. No, you got to watch it. Oh, you don't. We are completely opposite. You know, I was watching it too. I was like, I want to like be halfway here with John on this one. I want to be like, okay, I get it. It's fun. It's easy. It's light. And by the end, I'm like, I can't get it. I can't do it. This is this is after the dog well, scene. For I was me, for me, I really out. liked it. Um, if you like big dumb action, even not even it's really not that even really an action movie. It's a crime drama. It's more of a crime drama. Sure. It's a fun one, though. It was, a, <laughs> it was directed very fun. Um, the guy that wrote and directed it, his name is uh, Paul Soleil. I looked him up. And he's got one other film he's done. It was called... Uh, no, I can't remember. Yeah, I looked it up, too. I didn't know who he was. Yeah, um, and I guess it was kind of a horror film that was pretty well received at okay. Sundance or something, but I haven't seen it. But um, I look forward to seeing what he does in the future. I think he's a talented director. Did you see the Rotten Tomato scores on this, by the way? I know we like to talk about Well, that. I pointed that out in the last Did episode you? that it was only 25% from audiences. Yeah. But on Google, oh, yeah, 75%. That's right. that's right. You had said that. 
So I, I was a little confused. Um, I mean, granted, the Rotten Tomatoes I looked today, it's at 28% now. Okay. Um, but it only has 196 reviews. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, 28 out of 100 people per times. And there's only twice. That's a pretty small pool. Because, yeah, it's a small movie on Netflix, so it's hard to... And probably got very small DVD distribution. So... Mm-hmm. No, I think I think it's a... It's a movie you can't really take too seriously. It's a fun... I didn't take it seriously, but if it's going to be fun, I have to think it's not stupid. And I thought it was stupid. Uh, I liked it. <laughs> I, I learned. Yeah. I'm, I'm also going to give you like 25% blame for you telling me how great it was twi- like three times last week. And then immediately in my head, I'm going to have to go, well, John thinks it's really good. So I thought it was really good. Yeah. And I like it. It's fine. It's good. Say it's good. No, no, I won't do it. You think it's bad? I, I, it's, it's, it's not, uh, depends how you say it. I don't think it's bad. I wouldn't put it in like these movies that, I mean, it's going to be that movie and I'll probably remember it now because of this conversation. But if me and you wouldn't have talked about it in three months, you could have went, did you see Bullethead? And I would have went, I have no idea what that is. Uh, for me, it stood out. I think really the, the way it was directed, I think was really what I enjoyed about it too. Just, um, so you liked three scenes where they showed, uh, uh, flashbacks and coincided them with modern times, just the way they did, and that's all you needed. I liked those, and I liked all the stuff with the dog. I thought that the, um, just the uh, the visual storytelling with the dog, sure, uh, was was strong. Yeah, I thought the dog was strong. It's weird saying that, but yeah, sure. That's what I liked about it. Okay, yeah, it was. I thought it was well directed. Okay, interesting. Uh, there's a lot of other stuff in there that wasn't was very good. <laughs> according to you i have fun with it don't 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 want or if you think this is a fun conversation watch it and then you can let us know whose side you're on if you're on team john he thinks this is good if you if you you're like crime team, dramas and you can have a good time at a movie this is for you or if you dislike movies that are stupid and in the end not really that important to watch this is for you or this isn't for you i should say you know, and I like Malkovich, and he was underutilized in the movie. I thought he was, like, the least interesting person. It's kind of Adrian Brody's story. It is. And, um, also, the dog. I think the dog was a big part of it. Yeah. And I don't like dog POV, either. I've seen that in so many other movies. I'm like, I don't need a dog looking at the eyes of through a dog. I don't... That's awkward. I think... Um, I thought maybe some people were turned off by this film because of the dog fighting sequences. Um, some of the... Yeah, people. I yeah, people don't like that stuff. Right, it can be brutal. Now, there's there's no violence depicted towards animals in this film. Obviously, no animals were harmed while making. This right, film. but CGI it's, animals were. Uh, watch it again. Okay, at the end. Well, okay, okay, one, okay. One. Thank you. Let's say. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What are we talking about here? All the dog fighting stuff. Yeah, it's cut out. It's you don't see anything. Well, a they don't have the money to CGI a dog fight scene. It does. It's not necessary. You get it. It's almost more effective that way. Sure. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I I think that's a big problem with modern movies. Why we do this podcast anyway is that movies like to show things that aren't necessary sometimes. Yeah. You get it. You get their dog fight. And you get that the dog is a awesome dog and he's super strong and can beat anything. Yeah. You know. And he's. He's kind of, he's abused by his owners and things. Sure. Um, 
those are not supposed to be likable characters. So, well, yeah. So, um, it's true. I, there might be people that feel put off by just the fact that there's dog fighting depicted in the movie. I'll give you that. That's true. It's, I mean, these are supposed to be the bad guys. So you're supposed to, you're right. And dog fighting is terrible. I mean, everybody who does it is, it's horrible. And that's the people can do it. And that's the message of this film. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I would hope I, I mean, that's, I hope I don't know anybody that thinks that this is awesome. <laughs> right. Go fight dogs. This isn't no. really my... They're, they're the I bad guys. And, right. You know. But there's not even barely... There's not really a bad guy here. I mean, Antonio Banderas plays a bad guy that you see like twice in a flashback, then he shows up once at the end of the movie to talk too much and not shoot very well with a machine gun. Like... Yeah. The, the characters in this film are, in some ways... Um, I guess, I don't know, cliche of the genre. Totally. But, um, again, this is not a film that's trying to elevate the genre. It's a fun, it's a fun film in that genre. At least, yes, at least I can give you that. I'm not going to say it's a fun film, but I can give you the fact that it's not trying to become something that's completely out there, new or different. It's just trying to like, I think the, the director is new and different. I think he's got a voice that was unique. And I think that's what I really enjoyed. Okay. Um, it's material that um, might not seem fresh or, or different or elevate the, the crime genre. Oh, yeah. No. Genre. But if you enjoy those kind of films, here's something from a, a brand new director who I think has a lot of talent. And I think in a few years, we're going to be talking about his next project. Okay. Well, I want to mark this down. Episode 7 or whatever this is. I can't, I'm, you're putting a lot of eggs in one basket of a movie that's mediocre. I think, I think, I think he showed real promise here and I look forward to seeing what he does next. Okay. Well, we'll leave you at that. That's when we, uh, I think everybody, I think we've got our points across of, of the, I mean, it has a 56% from critics. So I guess Mm -hmm. we're 50, 50 on that one. Yeah. Look at for once I side with the audience. Yeah. Scary. Scary. I don't do that very often. So we're at the end, so that's where I always ask, what else did you watch this week? Anything else? Anything else just random that you want to throw out, um, give a shout-out? I did see a couple good ones. Um, I saw something called Big Bad Wolves, which was an Israeli film. Very well done. Um, it's about a little girl that goes missing, and this cop has made up his mind that he thinks he knows who did it, and um, some some brutal torturing goes on basically as he's trying to get this guy to confess. Sure. And, um, there's a lot of really good twists and turns in it. Um, there's, there's new characters that are introduced periodically and each new character kind of brings another twist and, um, very solid. I wanted to see the film because on the DVD package, it said it was film of the year, according to Quentin Tarantino. Oh, good. and, um, watching it, it, it felt very Tarantino. Sure. Um, it, it, it felt like to me it felt like if if Alfred Hitchcock and Quentin Tarantino teamed up on a on a on a movie sure it was it was a mystery a uh, lot of good twists and turns in the plot um, but also kind of a crime drama with moments of levity moments of humor that really worked surprisingly like for <coughs> for the material being so dark to have these moments of humor that's where it kind of it reminded me a little bit of Tarantino sure. Um, but just a really solid film. 
And then, um, let's see, I think I watched, what was the other one I told you I saw? That was the one I remembered. Yeah. Well, that's a good one if you can find that one on DVD. Yeah, well, while you think, the other thing I want to point out, I, I know you haven't been able to get it, but uh, um, I finally broke down and got a Canopy su subscription, which is, if you're in the right location, I know it depends on the library in your town, but you can use your library card and you get this free streaming service. I remember first seeing it about a year ago at our library. There's posters on the wall, but it was only documentaries. So I went, okay, I don't need that, really. I don't say I dislike docs, but I have other time. But in the last year, this... Uh, it's really bolstered up, and I know I was texting you about it, but uh, um, so I was on there the other day, and I, the reason why I signed up is A24, which is like my favorite movie studio right now for indie movies. Um, they released their library on it, which is like Ex Machina, which is under A24. Uh, oh, geez, I'll never remember them all, but there's, they have such a good, oh, like uh, It Comes at Night, which I loved. Um, so their whole library is on there, which I want everybody to get, if, if you can get Canopy to get just to watch their movies, because they're like four out of five every single time when you watch one of their movies, like four, you'll like four out of every five. They're just great. So I got on there and I was like, okay. And yeah, there's a lot of docs, but there's a ton of vintage stuff, like high profile movies. Like, and then there's a great amount of foreign stuff. And then there's a whole bunch of just other stuff on there. And I couldn't believe how my watch list has expanded into like 40 movies in the last day. And what it is, is they let you, they give you 16 credits a month and you can use a credit on a movie. And then once you use your 16, you can stop. So, I mean, that's a movie every two days. Um, but since A24 is on there, I've already watched two movies that they released this year that I don't know how I would have ever found them any other way, unless I had this service. Like, I mean, they're small indie movies. Um, both of them pretty average. I would say they actually didn't really fall under my super love of A24 movies. Um, but they are super art house, super small. I know one of them, my wife and I watched, it's called, uh, never going back. It's about these two girls. They're both 17. Uh, they're like just trash people. There's just the trashiest 17 year old girls. They live with their brother and like two other guys and they do a lot of drugs and they work at this like restaurant and they're super crude and lurid and kind of just horrible humans. And it's all about them wanting to save up their money to go on a trip to the beach and of course, they can't save up their money because they lose their jobs and they get high. And what was the name of that one? It's called Never Going Back. Okay. It's actually pretty good. Like I, I like movies who where the dialogue. It's remind you. Did you watch Spring Breakers? Yeah. A twenty four did Spring Breakers. I liked it. Yeah, I liked Spring so Breakers. This is similar to Spring Breakers in the way the girls are. Yeah. With the way the, when you were describing it, I was. I was. Were actually, you thinking of that? I was thinking of Spring Breakers. Right. Yeah. Very similar. The way they speak, how they act, and how they do it, it's just take out James Franco, and, there, or, and then this is what you got. And I love, the, the reason why I love Spring Breakers is, is how real it felt. And these girls feel real. They feel like just degenerate trash, and their people that are around them just suck. But that's the problem with the movie. They all kind of suck, and you kind of hate them. <laughs> and, and even though they got to the beach, which obviously you know is going to happen, it's they suck. <laughs> I mean, there's never a time that they're not just terrible girls. And you know, my wife, my wife watched it and she said the same thing. She goes, these girls are horrible. I'm like, I know, which is hard when you watch a movie, you know, it's hard when there's not one character that's redeeming in the whole movie. And so, but it's, it's good, you know, for canopy. If you have it, I'd watch that. It's, it's you know, it's something different. Mm -hmm. Yes. Did you think your other movie? Yeah. The other one I saw was called, um, 
Brawl and Cell Block 9. Oh, that's right. That's right. You said you watched that. Yeah, it's got Vince Vaughn in it. And um, he plays this guy who uh, he loses his job. He's laid off. He's like a tow truck driver or something. And he he decides he's going to turn to maybe a life of crime to try to make some money. Right. And he gets busted. And he goes in. And um, he's, he's just there. He just wants to do his time. But uh, he gets approached by Udo Kier, who's like the creepiest. <laughs> Anytime he shows up in a movie. He's so creepy. <laughs> yes. You don't want him showing up if you're in a movie. Something bad's going to happen. <laughs> so true. Um, Udo Kier comes to visit him and basically says, um, we've, we've kidnapped your, uh, your, your girlfriend or your wife or whatever she was. Yep. She was pregnant with his his baby that's on the way. We've got her and we're going to, we're going to kill her and your baby. Unless you do this thing for me, which is, I want you to kill this guy that's in jail. And he's on, it's, it's a guy in, in maximum security. And this maximum security prison is like straight out of like Russia. It's like the scariest prison. Yeah. Like the memory I have, I watched this movie like a year. The memory I have is that ending prison. What a miserable place. I mean, the yeah. movie's miserable anyway. The, yeah, so it's just a feeling of misery and dread the whole time. In order to, um, in order, yeah, first, the first thing he has to do is he has to get himself moved to maximum security. So he starts assaulting guards. Yeah, does he break that one's arm, right? Yeah, the oh, violence in this movie. It's violent. It's, it's, it's over the top, it's, it's graphic. Violent. But the movie just, it starts to move towards just over the top just yeah the end is pretty rough oh the the last i mean as as the movie progresses it just continually moves more and more towards absurdity it's certainly yeah. um when he gets moved to the maximum security jail they throw him in the cell and it's like the walls are like black yeah the place like can't something. exist yeah i mean that's why i said like this is a, a jail you would only find in like the depths of russian the mountains <laughs> and this is where they would send the bad guys. Like, yeah, it's, it's not a movie that uh, is meant to be taken seriously. No, I, I liked it though. I, I thought it was a lot of fun and it, it, you know, it moved in that direction of over the top, which I wasn't expecting, but it, it just kind of became fun. Yeah. Um, the violence was so ridiculous. Oh, it's um, crazy. Vince Vaughn. I think he plays a character like you've never seen him play in this movie. Sure. Uh, just, uh, I mean, he, he's doesn't have to do much. Well, he, 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 he walks around, a lot of people. He, he walks <laughs> around, doesn't say, much. I mean, that's the one thing about the movie. It's pretty, it's a pretty quiet movie. Like he just kind of lounges until he has to destroy. And when he destroys, he destroys. He's, he's going time. up against, he's going up against gangs of, of guys that are, you know, they're in maximum security for a reason. Right. And he's messing up all kinds of people to try to get to his goal of killing this guy to save his girlfriend and unborn right. baby. So it's a it's a pretty it's pretty dark. wild yeah, pretty dark, pretty wild, dark. pretty fun movie if you like uh <laughs> if you like that kind of thing. Fun is quite the word. Yeah. It's dark and dreary and violent. Oh man, it's violent. And that's the reason why you said the director, I won't know his name, did uh, Bone Tomahawk. Right, I, Man, I looked, I looked you, up the director. Wait till you watch. Wait done. till you watch that. Okay, you want some violence, man? Bone tomahawk. 
is has some of the most violent stuff I've ever seen. I think in a movie, especially recent recently. <laughs> Very similar in how they go. Mm-hmm. It's about Bo Thomas, Kurt Russell, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's probably slower. Okay. Um, but I won't tell you too much. But oh my gosh, you're in for a treat. Again, if that's what you like, if you like dark, dreary, um, genre pieces like this one's a a prison type movie, uh, Bone Tomahawk's a western, and that's what you're into, you know, you don't mind a little bit of slow pace, and those two movies are probably for you. I liked them both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you like crime drama, bullet Don't do it. Don't end with Why that. Why are you trying to turn people off of this movie? That because it's not, like? it's not good. They're not going to like it. I'm sorry. If they not enjoy themselves at a movie, <laughs> they'll enjoy it. Well, that's what we're here to do. We're here to help people mm-hmm. and tell them I just want to cut off me saying, "Don't watch Bullethead," and just click the stop button on the on the laptop. But I'm, I'm too nice. Watch it and decide for yourself. Yeah, exactly. Let us know. Yeah, like us on Facebook, comment, share all those fun things on social media. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. We need to get an Instagram account started. All those fun things. Instagram for pictures. Yeah. What are we showing pictures of? We'll figure it out later. <laughs> <laughs> social media presence, Sean. But that's it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Listen to me, honey, dear. Something's wrong with you, I fear. It's getting harder to please you every year. I don't want to make you blue, but you need a talking to. Like a lot of people I know. What's wrong with you? After you get what you want, you don't want it. If 